This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Good evening to you. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. Junie, I really find it amazing that in the midst of the world crisis that we're going through regarding the coronavirus, we're also entering into the season of the appointed times of the Lord, specifically Passover, which is one of the most significant times for the Lord. And Passover occurs on the Hebrew calendar on the evening of the 14th day in the month of Nisan. Specifically, that is Wednesday night this year. And that is followed the following day by a feast called the Feast of Unleavened Bread on the 15th day of Nisan, which begins on Thursday. That's a seven-day feast. So it's very, very significant time that we're entering into. This week we'll be sharing about Passover, as well as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And next week we'll speak about the Feast of First Fruits, which also is very significant. Now you might say that Passover really began in Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. And I say it, when you hear these verses, I think you'll understand why I said it. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. This is the, in other words, it all started by God hearing the groaning of the people. For over 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt, and the bondage was terrible. But God heard the groaning. And it makes me think, Junie, for us in this situation at the world, that we find ourselves throughout the world, we need to be crying out to God. That brought out that brought about deliverance for the people of Israel, and I believe that our safety is when we find that Jesus and the Lord and our Holy God is our place of refuge. So let's turn, and if you have your Bibles with you, turn with us to Exodus chapter twelve. And before you read that, Shelley, I think it's very important for the history of our people to be repeated. And that started with 
Jacob's 12 sons and 11 turned against Joseph and Joseph was sold and brought to Egypt. And Joseph, in a very real way, helped the Pharaoh of that day through his dreams to spare the nation of a time of crisis like we're going through today. And as a result, his brothers, who thought that Joseph was dead, came to Egypt to get food because there was a famine in the earth. And Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and the Pharaoh at that time gave the Israelites, who were Jacob's sons, a place in Egypt called Goshen. And the Israelites lived in that place. And Joseph, if you remember, Shelley, before he died, told his brothers that his bones should be taken to Israel when God brings them to the land. So what happened was the Pharaoh who knew Joseph died. And that's where you started in Exodus, that that Pharaoh feared for the Israelites' um, growing, uh, multiplying, and then turning against Egypt. Interestingly, Junie, the more they suffered, the greater the bondage was, the more they multiplied. That's right. Which really didn't make sense, but God was with them even in that moment of tremendous bondage. And I think it's good for us to see that, Shelley, that in this difficult time for the earth, um, when we don't know what the outcome of this is going to be, I mean, people can project good or evil, but we do know we're in a prophetic season on a prophetic calendar that God ordained, and we need to humble ourselves yes, before Lord. God and cry out to him and learn to trust him no matter what comes our way and to bless him because he loved us and preserved our people and he has preserved his church for over 2,000 years. Amen. Amen. Well said, Junie. So that is a good review. So now we could turn to Exodus 12 and I'd like to read the first 14 verses. Exodus 12, I'm reading from the New American Standard. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to the father's households, a lamb for each household. 
Now, in the, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house ought to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you ought to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Powerful, powerful words, Junie. And this feast is memorialized and held every year for about 3,500 years. Wow. And just as I shared, Shelley, about Joseph being sold into Egypt, God raised up a deliverer. And that deliverer was Moses, who was an Israelite. And Moses was put in a basket. And the Pharaoh's sister or daughter? Daughter. Daughter. Saw Moses floating and picked up the basket and raised Moses as her son. And Moses, when he came of age, realized that he was a Jew and chose to suffer the affliction with God's people rather than the pleasures of Egypt. Just point out that that appears in the book of Hebrews, exactly that. That's right. And the point being that Moses came to know the Lord. The Lord revealed himself on Mount Sinai. And Moses became the man that God chose to go to Pharaoh 
And he said, let my people go that they may serve me. So just to know that Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not let the people go. And that brought about what we're going to talk about this week, the Passover, the plagues, and what that meant and how that was a prophetic foreshadowing of the Messiah. Amen. Really, it's powerful, June. And speaking of the Messiah, we notice in in Exodus 12, the lamb is referred to in verses 3, 4, and 5. And the first three times the lamb is referred to, it's called a lamb. The next time it's called the lamb. And in verse 5, it's called your lamb. So we see the lamb of God is a very personal thing. It wasn't just a or the but can we consider the Messiah our lamb? And he was and always will be considered the Passover lamb. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the basis of our understanding and who the lamb of God is and knowing that the blood that was effective on that Passover night is as effective today as it was then. We thank you and praise you for the Lamb of God, and that we could say he is our Lamb. In Yeshua's holy name, amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784. Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.